0: Hey everybody, we are back with another Teal Tinted Glasses. We are going to talk to the voice of the Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger, uh, and see what is going on with the Barracuda this season. Stay tuned. But of course, if you want to be part of the show, make sure to follow us on all the social media, hit us up in the comments. We will try to answer any questions we get. Uh, as we move on but let's get to this going here uh it is myself. it is mr kevin Lisi. it is mr nick nolenberger how are you doing guys
1: excellent thank you for having me as always i love doing this this is great um nick <laughs> yeah, i mean we, i guess we, we,
0: wrang, be, uh... we, we, we wrangled you in this time here <laughs> I, <know. laughs>
1: I feel like yeah. i big league you guys on, on accident last time i just oh, i just no worries, had a man. yeah a braid fart and just totally no. totally forgot that we had it on the calendar so my yeah list. and
0: you know what i normally like really good about like being like hey we still good and i just first i was really busy and yeah, it was <laughs> it was something um just for everyone i have a new puppy so if you hear puppy whining in the background that is just uh, gonna be a normal thing uh going forward <laughs> nick i he stole this...
2: a dog from pucks and paws guys let's oh, wow. keep it real here <laughs> oh
0: I would be remiss if I did not ask uh, how was calling the San Jose Sharks game uh, in, uh, obviously, Rusnowski going down to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. How was that experience?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was a dream come true for me. Um, You know, you you cross your fingers, you get another opportunity like that. You know, the long-term goal for me, obviously, is the NHL. So, uh, to get my first taste, I had done a couple of preseason games, but it's just a different animal, right? Um, Just the vibe and um, you know, the, the process leading into the game and, and, and what goes into an NHL game. It's a, it's a more, I would say more robust in terms of, uh, just the entire operation. Um, so yeah, it was a dream come true. I had an absolute blast, uh, working with a guy like, you know, Drew, man, who is such a pro it's easy, right? You just kind of hand off to him and he runs with it. So, um, had a great time. It was cool to, to fill Ruzi's, uh, shoes for a night, obviously huge shoes to fill, keep his seat warm. Um, and now he's back at it obviously and I, and I get back with the cuda, but just for one night it was a pretty pretty special night for me personally and you know, I wish we would have had a better result, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes you can't uh, you can't control those things. I'm happy we got a goal they hadn't scored uh, they didn't score the the two nights prior I guess it was um in Vegas so you know we asked for we asked for one goal that's that was the only request and we got that so uh, I'll take it but yeah an absolute blast and a thrill.
2: That's awesome dude. I was gonna ask you like, When you're in that type of situation, I know you mentioned you, I think you did a couple of preseason games before. And so I I feel like I have listened to you do some Sharks broadcasts, but this is obviously your first dance at the NHL in the regular season where where it really matters here. And I wonder, did you have to like dial it back a little bit? Because I'm sure the adrenaline was going at, you know, a million miles per hour here. And I know from my own, uh, public address announcing sometimes if i'm getting really amped up really excited and everything it's like okay kevin don't talk like this don't talk like the, <laughs> the micro machines guy we got to slow it down and you know pull it pull yourself back a little did you i mean you sounded like you were just right in the flow of things
1: but uh, well i appreciate that um yeah you know i did have a lot of nerves i kept trying to think back it's funny i did a game I did a women's basketball game on Saturday for San Jose State, and I had not done a basketball game since college. So it had been almost 10 years. I had more nerves for that. And the only reason why is because I hadn't done it in so long. I tried to just have an approach with the Sharks game is I've called almost 500 professional hockey games. Um, This is just another game. And that's the approach I tried to take. Um, Hopefully it came off that way. And Um, certainly there were nerves but they were kind of excitement butterflies kind of surreal in in many respects Um, you know dreaming of that moment for a really long time I mean I've wanted to be a broadcaster since I was a little kid playing you know floor hockey with my twin brother and and I was uh, envisioning myself being Randy Hahn or or Dan Rusanowski so uh, to be able to actually see it come to life um, was quite the throw and again I just tried to I was definitely, there was nerves for sure. I was excited, but I just tried to stay, you know, within the moment and just, again, realize I've caught a lot of hockey in, in my career and this is just another game. So approach it as such.
0: That's awesome.
2: You didn't call them the um, uh, Elmira Jackals. So that was a
1: start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Odessa Jackalops. It was funny. I told my Oh, wife, that was it. That was it. I yeah. had uh, one goal um, for the game and that was to not mention the Barracuda. It's okay. funny because I've been a, essentially a sharks man my entire life so sharks is first nature um but now that i've been with the barracuda calling games for this is my 8th season i've said the the name san jose barracuda quite a few times as you would imagine and it becomes just like a repetitive thing you're like a robot at times so i just consciously tried to make sure that didn't come out and thank goodness it didn't and um so for me that was like a small win for me in the overall broadcast i did not mention the san jose barracuda in reference to the sharks
0: (laughs) i was gonna say like would it it be more difficult like do you would you find like you'd have a harder time with like a player that like had been down there more than um like you know what i mean like other than like a regular shark like a guy who's come up more like a william mecklin for example
1: just to to kind of get them crossed and yeah yeah um it's funny because and dan mentioned this to me at one point dan ruznowski i thought it was a really good point You know, our jobs are to remember names, um, but our jobs are also to forget names. So from game to game, you have to basically forget what you just learned for the previous game. So number eight for one team is not number eight for the other team. So when you move from one one to the next. So you do build this ability to almost kind of forget about players uh, to a degree. And I felt that a little bit early in the game. About some of the guys we've had in the last couple of years, William Eklund came came to mind. I, you know, I've not called his name all year, right? Um, so it took a little bit of an adjustment, just that name, right? And just there's there's some cadence to it. There's just some repetitiveness and um, some memorization, all these different factors. So I found that kind of interesting. I was like, wait, this is a guy I called his name probably a thousand times last year, but I haven't called his name this year because he's been in the NHL, and I just found myself internally kind of adjusting and pivoting on the fly. So there's all these little different nuances that go into it. And I guess you don't know until you're in the, in the heat of battle, if you will, if, if things are going to pop up. So um, yeah, you'd think Eklund would be a slam dunk, but I found right. myself, you know, almost not not overthinking it or, or having to, to think on the fly, but there was a slight like, you know, mental uh, hurdle, if you will, that I had to just, you know, get through um, as I was broadcasting. But for me, it's funny. It's like you do one period and, and you're pretty much, I feel like I know both teams. Um, I feel comfortable with both teams. But you've got to get through that first period before before it gets to that point. Fair
0: enough. Um, so the Barracuda, currently 3-5, 3-0. Um, good for nine points. Eight in the Pacific Division. Probably not the start we were hoping for. Um, going in, what is, you know, I want to start, like, let's start with a, with a positive. What's gone right so
1: far for this team? Well, I like this team a lot, to be honest. I think this is a good group. I think it's a talented group. I think it should be a team that makes the postseason. You mentioned the record. It, you know, the record is it is what it is. And there's, uh, you know, there's no way to to downplay the start the team has had. But they've had a lot of leads, as you guys are well aware. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had multiple leads in the third period, multi-goal leads, in which um, they squandered. Um, you look back at that that series against uh, Henderson um, where they just could not figure a way to win these games yet. They at multiple points in the games had leads and uh, really I felt like outplayed the opposition in in many points. So maybe it's a situation where you've got a lot of new faces and you're still figuring out how to win. Sometimes we just think, Hey, you're more talented or, or you make the right plays at certain times in the game. You're just going to win games. But there's a skill, right, to finishing games, too. And I think this team's still kind of figuring that out. It was good to get the win on Sunday, obviously, kind of a bounce-back game. Um, John McCarthy has said it multiple times. He's liked his team's game in spurts. But that's yeah. the problem. It, it, there's a there's kind of a, a lack of consistency with the group so far in the early going. But there's a lot of things to be excited about. I think we've got a good blend of veteran players that have brought in. Um, the D corp feels a little bit more experienced than maybe even what we had last year. And the goalie position has maybe been the, the most interesting area. Um, as you guys saw today, you know, Mack and sent to the ECHL. And I think for him, um, just, you know, reading, you know, through the lines, I guess, if you will, it's a situation where a guy has not been healthy, Yeah, we're going to send him down and play some games while we keep these other goalies here to play in the HL. So, um, he'll probably be back soon. I would have, if I had to guess, but Romano's been a pleasant surprise in my mind. And I'm just kind of waiting for Krona to, to get going. He, he had that really good game against Calgary, probably his best. And then it's coming off his best win or his first win rather, and his best performance on Sunday. So you, you're kind of waiting for him to get it going too. And, uh, you know, all teams, uh, in hockey, at least, it seems like if your goalie's going, you're, you're probably going as a team too. So, um, you know, it's been an interesting start, but I do like the team and I think this this group uh, has a chance to be really competitive. It's just about doing it again on a consistent basis.
0: Yeah, I felt really bad for for Magnus Corona cuz he was he was kind of struggling when he got called up, so but obviously they had to call him up by necessity. Um and then he obviously has to go into that game where it's the you know, it's the it's, I think it was the second or the second of the the 10 goal games. I felt really bad for him getting kind of put in there because I didn't think he had really kind of found his game in the AHL yet. And then to have to come up into the NHL and, um, you know, you haven't really found your game in the AHL and to go with the NHL, which is a completely different animal and have to to go in in that situation, uh, I felt really bad for him. But I had I, I have liked his game more as the seasons progressed. I think he's starting to kind of find his way a little bit. Georgia Romanov, that's a guy to me, like that you mentioned earlier, like pleasant surprise. Like, I think me and Kevin were talking about this off air before he came on. Like, that to me is the is the big story because when he came on, I thought, okay, well, Mackie you know, obviously there's been health concerns there. Um, but I thought if Mackie could get healthy by the time the season started, you know, they seem pretty high on Magnus Corona. And I was wondering if like Romanov was going to be the guy kind of playing the Strauss man role this year. And so far, I mean, he's been the he's been the best of the, the two that have seen regular
1: action. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I I mean, going into the year, I figured you're exactly right. I kind of figured he'd be the third goalie. He'd probably be the guy pinballing between the two leagues because um, he wasn't, you know, to be honest, he wasn't great. I felt like in development camp. No, um, he stuck around. He stuck around for a couple of months, was in San Jose all the way leading into training camp and rookie camp. And you could tell he made some huge strides. I think he got more comfortable just with his surroundings. Um, This is his first taste in North America. So culturally, there's a big shock there. So he got more comfortable just with everything. The language uh, is coming along. I think he understands the language quite well. He just can't quite speak it at a... uh, You know, consistent uh, basis yet, Uh, but he understands a lot of things, which is helpful. And, of course, Navi working with him and being able to speak Russian to him helps, too. Uh, But he made some huge strides, pretty incredible in those two months What he was able to accomplish. And uh, you look at just his size and athletic ability. You know, there's a lot of physical tools there that get you excited about what he could become.
0: So on Mackiniemi, is this like a continuation of the same injury or is this like a re-injury? Do we know anything about Mackiniemi in that regard?
1: Um, I, I don't know real specifics. I don't think he's dealing with it. I don't think what he's dealing with currently is anything to do with the surgery that he had last okay. spring. I think it's. I think he's got something else going on. Um, and I don't think, to my understanding, I mean, he's going to go to the ECHL and start playing. He's been practicing too. So I don't think what he's dealing with is is really serious. Um, but again, he's only played the one game. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's hard to really get into the brains of, of, those decision makers and why that decision was made. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of goalies that have, have went to the ECHL and used that as a, as a platform. It's always a little weird when a guy starts in the HL had success, you know, the injury injury bug has certainly bit him, but even a play in the NHL last year and now be making his way down to the ECHL. And it's not really a performance based thing. Because he hasn't played, so um, it's more of an injury-based thing. So maybe he can get down there, play some games, um, You know, feel good about his game, feel confident about himself physically, um, and then he'll make his way back up, I would imagine. So kind of an interesting move, but as you think about it and you kind of you know break it down, it, it does make some sense. Why don't you let the other two goalies who have been healthy, yeah. why don't you give them the net, allow them to continue to build their confidence because they're both pretty raw at the AHL level, And McIniemy goes down, gets games, kind of builds his confidence up physically as well.
2: And it also probably lights a little bit of a fire under Romanov and Krona because here is McIniemy in the ECHL right now. You know he's going to be coming back at some point. So it's time for, for them to take another step forward in their development. I thought Magnus Krona really played well in Sunday's game because the Barracuda, those last two periods against Charlotte, uh, spent a lot of time in their own in their own zone um i thought defensively i defensively i think the team played their best game but krona himself looked a lot more fundamentally sound he was in control of both his his body his movement and his his rebound control was there so uh, steps forward in the right direction and hopefully krona and romanov can continue that path with McInnemy coming back. You, you always want the the coach to have a really hard decision on who yeah. is going to be playing in goal. You want to have a, a three headed monster, and I don't think we thought that was going to be the case coming in. But hopefully, um, Romanov can continue his success because uh, I think the numbers don't speak for themselves in in, in his case, uh, and and Krona can build off of now two. Uh, back-to-back consecutive strong starts mm-hmm. um, we'll see where, where he goes here coming into friday and saturday's games against colorado
1: yeah and two just to, to piggyback on that a little bit for mac you know you can never fault a guy for dealing with the injuries that he's know it's kind of too bad for him because clearly the sharks when they acquired him in that brent birds trade there was a lot of upside there i mean he was coming off an injury but his start in the ahl was incredible uh with chicago yeah. um so for him it's about you know, stacking games, stacking a consistent period of time of being healthy. But as we all know, your your greatest ability is your availability. And for Mac Emmy, you know, for him to get to where he wants hey to get. Hey, everybody,
0: we are back with another Tealton at
1: Glass. He's got to be healthy, right? Whether it's in the NHL or in the ECHL, if you aren't healthy um, and you aren't contributing, then then there, unfortunately there isn't a ton of value there. So hopefully for him, he can, he can get healthy and, and kind of put these injury woes behind him. And maybe you know, I guess not maybe, but it will start forming the ECHL, and hopefully, he can have success and then make his way back up.
2: Look, for and for anyone who uh, is not as common or like the AHL is not their their uh, biggest investment, I guess. For for those watching here, let me just throw this name out here: Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson went from. An ECHL guy, he might have even been an ECHL tryout for all I know. Um, He did not have a successful junior career. He started in the the ECHL, then all of a sudden became a hotshot goalie for Henderson. And eventually, last season, he was an NHL All-Star. So the ECHL by far is not the end of the world. And McEnany will be back for anyone who's who's concerned and just not quite familiar with how uh, the... The affiliation system works. Yeah, for
1: goalies, too, more than any other position, going to the ECHL is not a, you know, not a death sentence by any means. You want to play, right? Development is all about playing. And um, again, you don't see guys necessarily start in the HL for a couple of years and then take the path that he's taking. But he's dealt with a lot of injuries, too. So Um, I think it'll be good for him. I think it'll be, you know, hopefully a a step in the right direction to get him going because there's a ton of ability there. Um, again, there's a reason why the Sharks made that investment and felt he was a a value uh, in that trade, uh, again, that sent Brent Birds to Carolina. So um, you know, I think the goalie position as a whole organizationally is in a better spot this year than it was at this time last year. So th- that's a good thing. Yeah
2: Ian, may I take the next question? Yeah, go. All right. All right. so Nick, uh, I've been wanting to ask you that we've been getting asked this question a lot by by the fans. I know I have been around. Around the uh, Texas U arena this season so far, but seeing a lot of the same trends in front of the goaltending, specifically with the defense uh, group, the special teams has really, really struggled this season. Um, I believe Ian's got the notes. They're 29th on the power play, 27th in the on the penalty kill. Penalty kill has really uh, been noticeably him. rough and in my eyes. And I think a lot of other people share that sentiment. Have you noticed any differences from last season to this season and how this team is constructed and how they're preparing for games? Because I'm noticing a lot of the same trends that I, I was concerned about last season, such as getting blown out the first game of a back to back. And then the second game having a much, much better effort uh, and then just uh, the pe- taking too many penalties and and uh, making executing not so great in the neutral zones I, i'm just curious um, have you noticed any trends from last season anything that um, they are bucking and and heading in the right direction
1: on uh for me you know it's 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 funny when you call the game you're looking in such a, a bubble you know you're so focused on the puck and, and what's going on within a five. You know, yard radius around the puck. So, yeah. you know, just from a, a sch- schematic standpoint, you know, I, I have heard that there's been some subtle changes. Um, okay. And anything that the the Barracuda do is usually in reflection of what the Sharks are doing as well. And there's a lot of different personnel changes.
0: There's going to be oh, some there. adjustments.
1: So, I think one of the reasons why maybe special teams has been an issue to start the year especially the penalty kill because you're you're dead on you know the penalty kill has really struggled from from the get-go and that's a unit last year that it got off to a great start and was kind of uh i would say something that the barracuda could rely on i think it represented representative finishing that i think it kind of you know tapered off as the season i think it was about
2: the middle of the pack but you're right
1: They, they they were up there among the league's best there for a while. You know, yeah, they had chunk. a great start. I think we they killed off first twenty-five or so opposing power plays, something like that. So, um, you know, I, it's hard. It's hard to really pinpoint why it has been the way it has. Um, I just kind of go back to, to changes in personnel. Um, you know, changes in, in systems and philosophies. You know, the the coaching staff of the Sharks is pretty much the same. Same with the Barracuda. So there is some consistency, and you know. Um, yeah, I guess consistency there for, for these players. But there's so many new players. You know, every year in the AHL, it's, it's almost what feels like half the team is is fresh faces. So yeah. there's going to be a learning curve. And we're, you know, we're still only in November. Um, you know, as this continues, it's it's going to be concern if that is, you know, continues to be a problem. The Barracuda last year really struggled to stay out of the penalty box. Yeah. At the time, they were really undisciplined. Um, and this year, I, I don't know if, you know, looking at the numbers, I don't know if they've they've been... You know, worse off this year going to the box. I don't think they have. I, think I don't they're think kinda, they're
0: as bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, think they've been as undisciplined.
1: Pack, but it's it's exacerbated when you can't kill off these. these right,
0: penalties. right, exactly.
1: That's, when, that's what's been so glaring is uh, the penalty kill is really it really has struggled. There's no question about it. Um, you know, you lose guys like a, a Ryan Carpenter, for example, who kills a lot of penalties in the NHL. You know, him going up, I think that's that's a factor. Um, you know the the veterans like Pouliot last year you know a guy who's played a lot of hockey at the professional level uh, he's gone just different departures and arrivals I think is is influencing and impacting uh, special teams and again results too and being able to close out games
0: yeah and I think I I, I think the one problem is obviously with the Sharks having the struggles that they've had this season I think it kind of magnifies the Barracuda because people are like looking at the Barracuda to be like hey this is the future, and then when they see like the record, they're like, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> um, yeah, because I feel like like the one thing, the one place where I really like the Barracuda this year is the blue line. Um, but I feel like they're they're still kind of having some defensive struggle. Do you think it's just like again, just guys getting used to each other, different pairings? Because I feel like this is a really good blue line.
1: Yeah, I like the blue line too. Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, you know, it's still pretty youthful, and you think of check as being like a veteran guy, but he still hasn't played a ton of hockey. Mm-hmm. um you know he's up and down last year i think that impacted his consistency when he was in the AHL. was that yo-yoing um and there's an emotional toll that it takes uh, for a player like that going to the nhl coming back i mean he admitted that i think on on multiple occasions that, that that's something that a young player has to really deal with um and isn't always accounted for uh muka i feel like has been really good uh just he, just offensively the way he's so cerebral with the puck but still, there's going to be some different things he's got to learn in his own defensive zone, being a little more physical in front of his net, you know, boxing guys out, all those little things. Um, his defensive partner uh, Gavanke is a, is a good offensive player, but he's a guy too who's kind of rounding out his defensive game. There's these different factors, right? Um, you know, if they're if they were the perfect player, they'd probably be up in the NHL. So they're still kind of working on these these different things that make you a successful player. But um, I think you're exactly right. A lot of different faces. Uh, guys getting used to each other, um, guys trying to play the way the coaching staff wants them to. Um, you know, we, if we check in in a couple of months, maybe it's a different answer. But for now, I, I think you can you can still, you know, lay a little bit of just performances and, and inconsistencies, whether it's on the blue line or or wherever, just on how, you know, we're still very early in the season. Um, and there's there's a lot that needs to be you know shook out. The kinks are are not quite out of out of this team yet
2: i do think that henry thrun his reassignment to the barracuda has been very beneficial for him i know uh when we do teal town after dark after the sharks games one of the common themes i see in our chat is when's thrun coming back up why isn't thrun here right now you know and all that but i think thrun has really developed nicely i think for 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 my money i think he's been the steadiest defenseman the barracuda have had since he was reassigned and i think redeem Shimmick has has played pretty well as well and redeem Shimmick has also found um not like the fountain of youth but because he, it is a different level than what he's been used to playing the last few years he has been willing to take more risks jumping up into the play without putting himself at a uh, putting his team at a different I can finish this sentence without putting his team at a disadvantage because he has been very timely with his his pinch ups and, and fallbacks and stuff. And and I think Thrun and Shimmick have both really helped kind of stabilize this group to where you mentioned Muhammadulin and Gavanka being a a pair right now. I think that's a great pair to have for both of them because Muhammadulin, if Gavanka as an NHL career, that's the type of defenseman he's probably going to be paired with in the long run. And vice versa, Muhammad Doolin's probably going to be paired with a more offensive-minded defender like Gavanka. I was saying to Ian here the other night, I think him and Addison would be a pretty fun pair to watch. Mm, so yeah.
0: um,
2: I do think things, pieces are sliding into place now with this team.
1: I think that's a great point. You know, he's, he's come in with a great attitude. Um, I think he's just grateful to be playing. You know, the situation dealt with really during his entire tenure with the Sharks has has been tough. You know, he's just dealt with one injury after the other. So the fact that he's healthy and playing, he's just happy to be there. Um, You know, and the first time we had him, which was six or so years ago, uh, you know, he had almost no English uh, that he could speak. And now he's, you know, fluent in English and his his child was born in San Jose and, you know, his wife's here and, you know, he's really comfortable with the area and really happy go lucky guy. It's been cool to kind of you know, I, I knew him prior, but I we just weren't able to communicate. So now he's you know, been able to talk quite a bit and he's just a really good guy. And again, he's just happy to be there and happy to be playing. It's not a situation where he's, you know, pouting that he's in the AHL. You know, he's playing, he's healthy and uh, you know, in the games he's played I, I feel like he's really, you know, he's been very solid. You can tell yeah. he's a guy pretty seasoned and as he should be he's 31 now he's been around for a long time um but you know he's filled in filled in really well and been a nice you know steadying presence back there but you no know, Thrun as well throne's a younger player but um you know pretty pretty poised pretty mature kid um you know harvard background right he played college hockey for a couple of years so you know he knows what it what it takes to just be an adult and a professional um and i think it's been good for him you know fans want these guys to go up in the nhl and i, I don't blame them right where's we're, Where's the help? You know, we we need some help up here. But it's so valuable for these young guys to to play in an environment where they're playing big minutes. Uh, maybe not dealing with, with the rigors and stresses of the NHL. You know, it's not always the most pleasant experience um, when you're losing, right? Especially up there because there's more reporters and more questions and more pressure. Why not let these young guys marinate and, and mature in the AHL, um, where they can continue to evolve their game, get used to the pro level, and and I think that's what we saw with you know, Bordalo last year and, and Eklund, um, you know, this year with Goosh, it took him a little bit to, to get that call up despite, you know, be being clearly our most offensive player. Um, so it's, it's not a bad thing for a little extra, you know, marinating for these young players.
0: You mentioned Bortolo. Um Obviously, he just got reassigned not too long ago. He's played a couple. I, th- I thought he's played his best two games this season uh, down with the Barracuda so far. Um, how has he been since he's been uh, since he's been returned to the Barracuda? What's what do you think yeah, he has to work been, on to get to
1: back to the NHL? You know, you, you know, you guys see it, when you watch him play. There's there's tons of skill there, right? And mm-hmm. and that's what made him a, a second round draft pick and highly touted. Is he's got some unreal ability offensively. But to be in the NHL, you've got to do all the little things, whether it's in your own defensive zone or even being hard on pucks, being a little bit more assertive. He's never going to be big, imposing, physical player. That doesn't mean you can't kind of lean into guys and make it hard to play against. Um, you know, you look at – there's been a lot of successful, undersized players, but there's little things that, uh, you know, you have to incorporate in your game. You have to have a buy-in, really, um, being willing to, you know, get into those areas and being willing to to take some punishment from time to time. It's not all on the perimeter. It's all, all about scoring goals. So I think he recognizes that. It, it takes a while sometimes for guys though to build that in their game in my mind. Um, and that's something he's going to have to learn if he wants to be an NHL player. But, you know, offensively, the skills there, he told me when he came back, I said, "What what's your goal here when you're, when you're back in the AHL?" And he said, I'm, I just want to get my swagger back. Yeah, um, nice. I thought that was an a, an interesting point, you know, just wanting to get confidence back because when you're in the NHL and you're again in an environment that there's not a lot of success right now and the team's struggling and you're not playing much and you're getting healthy scratch from time to time or you're not playing many minutes, you know, this is a, a kid who's been, you know, the superstar on every team basically he's ever played for. So that, that's a tough mental hurdle. Uh, for any player, and for him to come to the AHL plays a big, big role. Obviously, confident in the league, knows, you know, his abilities translate at the AHL level. So, um, I like the approach. I've liked the attitude. He's a great kid, um, and it's just about getting better. You've got it. You got to look at the. It's it's hard for these guys, right, to look at a at a more macro approach, uh, more long term, uh, because they live and die each and every day on on the results and and the progress. Um, but if you take a you know a bigger, bigger look at, at your career and where you want to be, um, you know, for him to be in the HL at this point, it's not a bad thing. Right. It's it's everybody wants to be in the NHL, but come to the HL, have success and try to continue to to round out your game where, again, maybe the pressure and lights aren't so bright.
0: That's fair.
2: Um, I think it's I think ahead. that's kind of interesting point that. Bordalo wants to get his swagger back being a being technically I think a second year pro still I don't think he that other that that cup of coffee with the Sharks counts as a full season I could be wrong but anyway uh I think that's a really interesting take because that sounds like a player who understands his abilities and knows what he can do uh even still being very young in his career uh to to Identify his confidence as as the big thing he wants to work on that says to me All right, here's a player who knows once he gets his confidence He can go out there and light the world on fire and that's I think what this organization uh, needs more of uh, especially as is Ian mentioned the the struggles in the NHL the rough start for the Barracuda here this season things that the team's starting to come around and I think overall if you get a full unit who starts to believe themselves watch out you know
0: yeah i think one guy who's like definitely we've noticed his absence so far Tristan robbins do we have any timeline on Tristan robbins uh getting back into game shape? no and
1: i don't I, I mean i've seen him he's in you know good spirits i i don't think he's skating yet um so i mean i don't even know the specifics of the injury i never yeah. asked stuff because you don't really want the information because i you know i'm not gonna he,
2: anyway. nick you know we're gonna ask you <laughs> and whether you can tell us or not we're still gonna lower ask body you anyway
1: injury. lower body injury that's all i got for you. Uh, uh, i heard you say ankle hard. i don't know what the timeline is for him i think you know he's obviously trying to get back i would imagine he's back in the next you know but uh, again i don't want to put a timeline because i sure. be completely sure. guessing but um right you know i hopefully he's back by December. I would you know that that would be the goal. I yeah, mean, he's not scared needs but, him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely for sure. And you know you want for him too. This is a big year. He's in his second season yeah. of his pro career. You know, you want him to take that big step. it's been it's been disappointing, and it's again not his fault. no, and, and been disappointing for nobody more than himself, but um to you know miss the start of the year and still be out. Um, you know, kind of a a late game injury in preseason it's just it's kind of too bad
0: yeah yeah it's super unfortunate because again like I think there's a guy who and I think when you look at their early struggles too I think like Tristan Robbins like you could just tell that he wasn't there especially when you know before Bordalo came back down um I you know I think the forward I like the forward group I don't know if I love the forward group so far this year but I like it but like Tristan Robbins is a huge hole and and that
2: has helped that's really, that's what's it. Bortolo's reassignment has helped fill that void a bit, but obviously you want to have, <laughs> uh, yeah, have as many. Yeah, uh, you want to have as many weapons as possible, and now that Gushchin is up, just like you said. Um, hope you come back soon, here, Tristan. Happy birthday, sir! <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: happy birthday. <laughs>
0: Do you think with the, like, cause I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but with the, with, obviously, with the the Sharks not having, like, a great start to the season, we knew this, like, we knew the season for the Sharks wasn't going to be good. We kind of knew what we were signing up for. And it, it's gotten better, obviously. Like, we're not talking about, like, historic, um, historically bad losses anymore, which is a nice change of pace. Does that put, do you think that puts more pressure on the Barracuda, though? Because I think, like, for from what I do, like, for what we do with, you know, we get a lot of questions about like, oh my God, like, should we be worried about the Barracuda at this point? Like, do you think that puts a lot of pressure on them specifically? Like, do you think that it
1: puts pressure on the players um
0: when they start this the same way, kind of?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I would say probably not, right? I mean, you know, these young guys gotta they gotta you know control what's in front of them, and if you're in the AHO, you're not you're not overly you know concerned with. Now you 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 realizing what's going on in the NHL, but you're not overly concerned with what's happening unless you're with that group in that room contributing, right? Um, but I asked John McCarthy this question the other day, and this I think this was following. It was the first. I think it was following the first loss, that first big loss um, against Vancouver. And I said, you know, fans are going to look at the Sharks and they're going to see a loss like this. And what's yeah. the first thing they're going to do? They're going to go look at the prospect pool. They're going to go <laughs> see who's with the Barracuda who's playing well, who's in line to get called up and, you know, be part of the solution and kind of, you know, stop the bleeding here. And I asked him, so what, what do you want your team essentially? Um, I forget exactly how I phrased the question, but essentially what what do you want your team to do and how do you want them to play? Um, and it's similar to what, you know, David Quinn has said with his team. He wants his team to just be tenacious. Um, he wants them to be relentless uh, build those habits in their game that just makes you hard to play against uh, on a nightly basis. That doesn't mean running guys or fighting every night. It, that's not what he's referring to. It's, it's being hard. It's, it's, you know, it's making, you know, life miserable in certain areas. You go into the corners, you know that you're going to have to battle and, and work to come out of there. Um, so things like that. And I think that translates and that goes back to a board alone, trying to build those things in your game you need skill, obviously. You can't win games without scoring, and the Sharks are looking for as much skill as possible. But to be a successful team, especially when you get to the playoffs, you got to be a team who plays really, really hard and competes. And for the Sharks, those two wins, I saw it myself. I mean, the effort was was certainly there. The way that they defended, the way that they just continue to work and work. You know, they're going to be in these shootouts all year long because they give up a lot of shots yeah. and they don't have a lot of offense. But if they continue to work their tail off you know, they're going to maybe be in some of these games. And that's the same thing for the Barracuda. And for the Barracuda, they have a lot of talent, I think, in my mind, at least, you know, some high-end players. Um, But if you don't compete and you don't work, it's just hard to win, even at the AHL level. So that's kind of been the message from him to the team, and I think that translates to the NHL as well.
0: Um, I I think, like... usually the question i'd always want to ask is like who who do you think is next man up now obviously gushin goes up but that that was to me the the undisputed answer for a long time who do you think uh now that gushin's up there who do you think is chomping at the bit to get sent back uh to get a taste of the big club
1: well, the guy I keep just going back to, and I don't know what the plan is. I would assume that he's going to play most of the year in the HL, but it would be Muka Medulin for me, just the way that he skates. You know, his his offensive skill. I don't think he's really really high end offensive. I think that can continue to evolve. But he's just he's really comfortable with the puck. Um, you know, really, uh, it's almost casual at times, and not in a bad way. He's not lazy or anything. It doesn't come off that way. But he's just a confident player. Um, for him though, he's, you know, he's got a big frame, but he's a little bit, I would say slight in terms of there's still some physical development there. Yeah. So for him, it's good. I think to be in the AHL, he's, he was over in Russia last year, hasn't played much in North America, continue to get used to the size of the rink and the culture and, and everything. Cause I, they look at him obviously as a big prospect, right? That was a mm-hmm. big fish in that, that Timo Meyer trade. Um, they want to give him the best chance of success. So for me, um, he's been really impressive now. Any young player going to have his, his ups and downs, but, um, you know, he's been really intriguing. I think, um, I think he's got an NHL future. There's no question about it, but for the time being, it's about, you know, just growing your body physically and, and getting better and better and just becoming a, a dominant player at the AHL level. So for me, that's kind of the guy I circle that doesn't mean he'll be the next guy called up. Yeah, I mean, got I a think a lot
0: re- of defensemen right now
1: boards is on the short list right now to, to go back up at some point. Um, Thrawn who's played games in the NHL is obviously an option. I, I wouldn't even be surprised. You know, they brought up Lindblom the other day. So I think that, that makes you think maybe there's a, a chance for Shimmick potentially to go up at some point too, if you're looking for more of a, a veteran presence. So, you know, there's lots of guys that can be an option and as soon as you try to guess, they call somebody else up. So you, you just never know, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I was kinda uh, I was
0: kinda surprised when they called up Lindblom. Not not because I don't think he's been good. I just um it just—I don't—it's—I—he's a player that just seems to have unfortunately fallen out of favor, um, with the big club a little bit. Um, but how's how's he responded to, uh, being in the HL? We were, we asked what everyone else. No, know, he has him.
1: been great. I mean, just as a guy, he's an outstanding human being. Um, just extremely friendly, ex- extremely kind, and has been a really good person in the room. And yeah, there's not a there's not a bad thing you could say about the guy. He's just been—you know—he's just really positive, you know has a a real professional approach to him. Yeah. It's tough for him, right? Because of what he dealt with, with his health. I I think that, you know, you can look back at that, that being a really big turning point in, in, in his career. Um, you know, the sharks took a flyer on him a little bit last year, no pun intended coming from the flyers. (laughs) Um, but he just never like last year played a lot, but right. He never quite found the offensive numbers that he had prior to the, to the cancer diagnosis. So, um, I'm sure his approach and his just the way he lives his life and looks at life is a little bit different, um, but he he's coming and been great. So he hasn't quite had the offense though, even at the AHL level, that you'd hope for. I think he's got just the one goal, um, so you'd, you'd hope that that start to to come a little bit. But as a, as a human being, as as someone in the room, he's been he's been outstanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a human being, like he can't I can't help but cheer for the guy. <laughs> like um, just going through what uh, what what he's gone through. Um, another name uh, just on the we saw again in go to the Wichita Thunder. Uh, is that is that a situation like McEnany where it's just getting him back up to game speed? Or do you think he might be down there for a little bit longer just with the? Um, well, he's, the I, I
1: believe um, I believe it was put on transactions the other day, but he's back technically with the Barracuda. Okay, I think I a little bit of an injury situation. Yeah, uh, nothing to do as far as I know with what he's dealt with prior. Um, I think he got nicked up in in the one or two games that he played um, down in Wichita. I think he took kind of a high hit. So, um, yeah, he's technically back with the Barracuda. But, yes, same situation, young player wanting him to get games. um, You know, he's dealt with a a litany of injuries, unfortunately, too. So and and there's a lot of promise there. He's a he's a really, I think, intriguing player. Uh, It's just about getting him healthy and, and getting him you know, back on track to where he was.
0: He's a player I like a lot. I'm looking forward to Me to too. seeing him play. Kevin, you guys. We've got had a
1: lot of
2: chatter from from folks here on our Discord channel, for example, about Ganon LaRocque. It seems like a lot of Sharks fans are, are really excited for him. And so uh, I, I'm not sure where he cracks in on the lineup right now because as we already mentioned, Thrun, Shimek, Muhammadulin, Gavanka, Chi Um I apologize to the sixth defenseman who I'm missing at the moment, <laughs> I but summon it either know.
1: Which
2: makes me that worse. is a tough one to crack. There, uh, Pooley, Volteri Pooley. Pooley. Yeah, Volteri Pooley, yeah. yeah, So I was
1: thinking too. I was like, Frisch, Pooley. I'm trying to think of the extra guys. So yeah. yeah,
2: Frisch. Pooley. Frisch is a plus five in only three games. I'd like Frisch to get healthy so he can get uh, yeah. get some more playing time there too. But um, a forward who's been just as excited excitedly spoken of by the sharks fan base has been ethan cardwell and he's a player that i've really noticed this season nick um as he's not the player who's like the most stand out when you're looking at the the prospect pool i mean he did go back for an extra year last year of juniors for example but he goes out he competes hard you mentioned coach mccarthy wants to reward the players who play exceptionally hard. And I think that Ethan Cardwell's work ethic might be second to none on this roster uh, because lately he has been getting the pivotal moments of uh, you know late game, penalty kill or late game offense with the goalie pulled, whatever he he's out there and making an impact. And Jules, who's one of our colleagues here at Teal Town USA, was asking me the other day, you know, what's his NHL trajectory? And I think because he wasn't quite on my radar in that respect, I said, I don't know. But if he continues to make the most of his opportunities there's a role for a player like that in the NHL. Have you have you noticed anything like considerable Cardwell's game that is uh, besides, you know, a great work ethic and always keeping his feet motoring that uh McCarthy's giving him the, the extra opportunity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've liked his game and I think just speaking to the coaching staff, they they've liked his game too for the most part. Um, as a young player, you just never know quite what what you're going to get and I think that You know, you mentioned him going back for that overage year. Sometimes people look at that in kind of a negative in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, But if a guy is going to go back, what do you want from you want him to dominate? And that's really what he did last year. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a really, really high end offensive player, but that's okay. I mean, you're not going to have a team full of that um, always. But I think he's a reliable player. Um, You know, as you mentioned, and you noticed he, he does work his tail off. Um, and he's and he's got a little bit of an offensive nose for the net too. So maybe not a, a huge ceiling in terms of his offensive ability, but the you know the floor for, for young players is, is you know pretty pretty decent. So I, I've been really intrigued by his game. Um, and as a kid, who's just he's really mature for his age. Um, you know, I know he's kind of a, a media guy. He has his own podcast, so he's really. I-
2: Trying to work on him getting uh, on our show here coming up.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's been a good start. I know it's a small sample size, sample size, excuse me, but um, there were so many rookie forwards last year and he's kind of the the one this year, right? The the one notable drafted player um, at the forward position. And I think he's been, he's been really impressive. So excited to kind of see where he can go, if he can continue to ascend. um, But it's been a really good start for him.
2: Well, guys, I hope that his offense does continue because he has by far the best goal celebration on this (laughs) team this year. He is so excited. As someone who gets very excited when they score goals, like I rarely do, and have to take advantage of that moment, I don't think I can compete with his celebrations. (laughs) Yep, on the other day,
1: what was it, Saturday?
2: No, excuse me, Yeah, it was Saturday. it was Saturday. He dug that puck out and scored yeah.
1: and fist like, pump, yeah, glass. Lips. I, I love that too. I was like, that that got me juiced a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I saw the replay. So yeah. Good little cell. You know, the, the junior kids, you know, they, they, they're, they're all about the cellies. So sometimes they come in and they got a few, you know, tricks, uh, tricks up their sleeve.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed Cardwell. Um, were you shot, were you surprised that they just went with all alternate, uh, no captain this year? Um, And why do you uh, think Jim they did probably did that? He's
1: going to name eventually. Yeah, okay. uh, he did oh. say he would eventually. So, um, you know, last year they they uh, they named a captain, and I think he felt, you know, with given the situation, it, it, it lasts one year, right? So he really wanted to do his due diligence. Not that it wasn't the right choice last year. I feel like it was, um, but he he wanted to really take his time this year and, and make you know what he felt like was a you know a drawn out choice. Um, that he felt confident with so that that was the thought behind that and I think the plan still at some point um will to be a name will to be to name a captain at some point so we'll see if that happens but that's what he told me uh and, and made public at the start of the year is it a
0: situation where just because obviously with the we don't know who's gonna get called up this year so is a situation maybe where he's like I don't want to name a captain then have him be gone and then
1: to, yeah i think that's part of it for sure uh we saw that a few years ago i feel like we have jacob magna who's a captain and then ended up going up with the sharks and you know all of a sudden you don't have a never captain. Coming back. <laughs> it's it's really a balancing act in the ahl as you guys are well aware you know to get a guy if, you, if you're bringing in new players and veteran players every year um you know it's hard to have that that stability um year in and year out with, with your captain j mac was uh, now that we look back kind of the exception um you know, wearing the seat for a handful of years. So I think that was the thought, you know, there's some guys like a, a Cole Castles for an example, who's you know, a really good guy in the room has been around for a while is on an AHL contract. So unless he signs an NHL deal, you know, he's going to be with your team. So maybe they look at that as, as kind of an intriguing decision or a player um, as an option, a guy who doesn't necessarily have the, the flexibility to to go up and down. Um, so yeah. we'll see what they end up choosing, but um, I think that's definitely in the mind of of J Mac when he makes this decision: is who's going to be here, um, you know, who's the right fit, and is this somebody that maybe potentially is going to wear this this C for a couple of years at the very least
2: i'm gonna slip in here because since you mentioned cole castles i didn't know how else to bring this up i'm gonna take the opportunity right now i think cole castles has had a really good presence on the roster so far this season obviously he is a veteran player has been around for i think six seven years now had a stint overseas came back but cole castles has been a, a player who i think that john mccarthy has really relied on in all situations i think he's he's been really good at getting in shot blocking lanes on the penalty kill and he's getting plenty of power play time with the team especially with tristan robbins out so i just wanted to throw out that cole castles We're we're acknowledging you keep up what you're doing my friends little kids love you so uh (laughs) keep it up cole castles now let me transition last show everyone i promised i was gonna grill nick about something (laughs) oh god And here it goes. (laughs) So talking about Cole Castles and his veteran leadership, a veteran leader that the team brought in this season was Justin Bailey, a very speedy forward. Nick, last season when he was in Bakersfield, you sure made made it a point that Justin Bailey had all the tools – but just couldn't find the back of the net <laughs> each time he'd get a breakaway on the Barracuda.
1: I want to know. How are you going to call about like Justin that? Bailey now that he's on our team. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does have a lot of skill, right? I mean, he's a, there's a reason why he was a high second round draft pick. I mm-hmm. hope Justin Bailey gets an opportunity this year with the Sharks, but you know how it goes. When they're on the opposing team, you, you look at it through a different lens. And now he's a member of the Barracuda. We can turn it on him, too, because there was a video that came out at one point. Where he said how much he hated the barracuda, it was kind of an oh. inside locker room uh, video. So they they gave him a little bit of a hard time actually when he signed. I think they <laughs> showed him the video. Um, it was put on Bakersfield social media. So not to flip it around, but you know how it goes. You look, you know, I look at everything with with teal tinted glasses, as you guys as you guys know. So, we like to do, yeah. Um, so now that he's on the, the light side, if you will, you know, we're happy to have him. He's actually been very, very good. I think he's been arguably uh, the best player on the team in, in some facets, um, just his explosiveness and his his frame and, you know, his style of play. So, um, but with that speed, he does get a lot of breakaways. And I can remember last year he had quite a few chances. So maybe that's what I was referring to. But I never tried to, I don't care what team, I tried to, I tried to be positive, I tried not to to disparage anybody but um I'm sure I said that so sorry JB <laughs> well Justin Bailey's leading the team in
2: scoring with five goals so I'm sure each time he scores a goal he kind of looks at the press box like I'm on you Nolan Berger I mean on. I didn't
1: say he was terrible I no you never no, no. Wasn't scoring you never seat. said that three or four breakaways a game he wasn't scoring <laughs> I just
2: I picked that out because last summer, uh, summer 2022, I was a guy on Twitter. See, I'm a guy on Twitter, folks. I was a guy on Twitter who was saying Justin Bailey would be a great leadership presence here on this team. He's fast. He's physical. He's got some size to him. And then uh, he didn't sign, signed with Bakersfield. And so each time uh, Nick would point out a lot of positives, but it always felt like, and he's denied by Mac and EME or whatever. And I'd be like, maybe Nick was to something, but Hey, he's scoring with us. And, and he's we, very good. Yeah. He's very good. Very good. <laughs> I had to, I had to razz you about it. So,
0: well, that's all I got. Uh, Nick, as always, we super appreciate you coming on here, uh, and talking some Barracuda with us and look forward to doing it, uh, down the road. Not too, not too late. Uh, I hope we'll just make sure all the schedules line up, but again, super appreciate you coming on. Um, Super happy for you that you got to do the NHL game in uh, Rusev's absence. So congratulations on that. Um, anything else, Kevin?
2: Oh, no, The only, the only other thing, you know, yeah. Congratulations, Nick. I was so proud of you to get that call up, and I, and uh, I, I know that it's just a, a dream come true and well deserved, and and uh, you've paid your dues. So that's fantastic. I do also want to acknowledge uh emily garner who just left the the team to go i believe to the iowa wild she was the presentation coordinator at U arena specifically for the barracuda and i just wanted to as my final thought say uh, wish you well emily i uh when i i i've discussed public address announcing with her in the past and so we had a very good rapport so she will be missed uh, uh for sure from the organization so
1: Yes, we miss M, and I, I've got. I haven't done it. Yeah, I got to reach out to Joey Goldstein. I feel like he he went behind our back. He maybe plucked her. He's in Iowa too. So we go. Yeah, we better trading or something going on. But we miss M already, and uh, obviously wish her wish her nothing but the best. I know she wanted to get a little bit closer to family, so that was kind of the oh. thought behind the move. So happy for her, and you know, obviously we miss her already. It's tough when someone leaves, especially during the season, because you're like. Wait a minute. Where, where are you going on us? So, but we know how it goes. Family, obviously, very important. Yep. All right.
0: Well, again, Nick, thanks again for doing this. Um, and like I said, hopefully, we could do this uh, not too long, not too long down the road.
1: Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. And we'll talk to you soon. Go Cuda. Awesome.
0: All right. And as always, in case you missed it, uh, you know, obviously you can get this uh, podcast on YouTube. You can also get it on any of your favorite podcatchers. And as always, you can find everything we do on tealtownusa.com. We appreciate everyone being here and we will see you on the next one. Have a good night. <laughs>